you know, party politics is a little is a little bit like church churches in a sense that you know, you never you'll never find a perfect one, um, and you'll never find one that you maybe completely agree with a hundred percent. But you know, you're better off getting involved, and, and when you're involved, you can use your voice to to advocate for different policy positions that you you maybe don't agree with within the party, and you know, but you really only get to do that once you're involved in in the uh, in the party itself and you can raise your voice and and speak up for the marginalized even within within the political system Welcome to the Renew Our World podcast. Renew Our World is a global movement of Christians who believe that since we are truly image bearers of God, we should act like it, living out love for one another in actions and in truth. Since we are image bearers of God, we won't stand by while our neighbours are trapped in poverty and we won't stay idle as creation is left untended and inequality is left to fester. In this podcast, we're going to go on a journey together of discovering a theology of creation care. We'll be discussing the latest in climate news, chatting with industry leaders, theologians and practitioners and hearing from some of our incredible partners who are working on the ground. Join us this season as we learn about creation care and what we can do in our own lives to play part in a much bigger restorative story. Welcome back to the Renew Our World podcast. We're up to episode nine and today I am joined by David. Hi, David. Hey, Elise. And we're going to chat about the election coming up in the US and climate and uh, I guess why as Christians we need to engage in politics, really. Um, but before we do that, David, what have you been up to? What what have I been up to? I have been trying to stay alive during a pandemic. <laughs> that's 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 one of the main the main agendas on 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 my uh, on my schedule at the moment. Yeah, but uh, so so far so good. Still here, still here to tell the tale. Um, but yeah, no, doing doing pretty good. We're sort of, um, yeah, but enjoying some nice autumn autumn walks here in the UK. Sort of out all the. You know, we're sort of right in the middle of it now, and it's it's all the leaves are golden, and uh, the ground is just that little bit more soggy from the from the extra rain. But uh, yeah, I, I, you know, it's just really really nice to see all the golden the golden colours and get out into 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 nature at the moment. Yeah, sounds beautiful. We are going into spring, um, and it, same out there, getting out there every weekend, going for our walks, trying to stay a little bit sane during COVID and I've just ordered some gumboots because I my shoes are all muddy and it's driving me mental. Um, but it's a beautiful time for both of us on opposite sides of the world, which is the first time I think ever that we've both had yep. nice weather, which is really nice. <laughs> what 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 are it, uh, maybe I should know this. Maybe this isn't just an Australian thing. What what's a gumboot? Oh, you don't know what a gumboot is? No, no, what's a gumboot? I mean, it almost sounds like a, a jelly jelly baby or something, you know, like a, a gummy gummy bear or something. Um, it is like a waterproof boot. So okay. you can wear it in the rain, you can wear it everywhere, and it does, and your feet don't get wet. It's great. So is it basically a welly? Is this a Wellington? Yeah, yeah. That sounds familiar, okay. so I'm going to say yes. <laughs> oh, right, okay, so maybe... So maybe maybe people who listen to this podcast they'll be able to email us and tell us yeah. whether we're right or wrong here. But yeah. yeah, so maybe what we call wellies, you yeah. call gumboots. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can understand that because it's very rubbery. You know, you know, wellies yeah. are made of rubber, and yeah, yeah, yeah. You sort of can splash around in them and get get mucky. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. We've both learned something new today. <laughs> really have a gum a gumboot. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go check this afterwards and Google it and find out because I. 
I definitely think gumboot is a much funner way of saying wellies. Yeah, wellies uh, just sounds a little bit inappropriate, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like over here as well, you might use the phrase, you know, give it a good wellie. And, you know, that might, you know, it means they're going to put a lot of effort into it, you know, and, you know. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we're going to have to work this out because that's, that's, a gumboot seems like a much more uh, friendly way of saying, saying, saying Wellington, yeah. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so yeah, we're, we're sort of this episode. We're sort of really interested to to dive down into the U.S. election a bit, but also thinking about uh, maybe why is Christians Christians why should we vote and and you know be involved in the civic space? And uh, I suppose it probably probably won't come as too much of a shock to people when on this you know if you're listening to this podcast and you know about Renewal World that we would uh, you know propose that yes you should should get involved in 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 politics and should get involved in engaging in the civic space you know if you follow Renewal world you know that sometimes we ask you to you know send an email to a politician or um you know you sort of you might take part in some sort of advocacy action involved in lobbying uh policy so probably no surprise that we're we're pretty pro engaging in <laughs> in policy making decisions i think yep. that's pretty probably pretty fair to say um but yeah i just wanted to read out uh just i, I read some interesting thoughts from a guy called michael weir um quite recently and so he michael weir is a guy based in the states and he i think he was basically one of barack obama's faith advisors um while he was in 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 the white house uh himself and a guy called i think it was joshua dubois um i I could be butchering his name i think was also a faith advisor uh to to president obama but I just thought just before we get into thinking about the US election from a climate perspective, um, I just thought Michael had some some interesting thoughts. I'm actually just going to read them out. Um, So Michael says, so here are some principles to remember when voting. First, Jesus is not confused about how our politics works. When I talk to some Christians, I get the sense they kind of think that when they go into the voting booth, close the curtain and make their decision, they have to exit the booth and explain to Jesus what happened in there. He gets it, I promise you. Politics is not the one area of life that is cordoned off from God. Second, Christians do not go to politics for self-interest alone, but it's okay to consider your own your own interest, passions, experiences, what God has placed on your heart. Uh, we should be explicit about our self-interest, lest we merely play a shell game by conflating our own interests with that of others. Third, we want to listen to others, particularly brothers and sisters in Christ who disagree with us politically. This is part of bearing another's burden, uh, bearing another's burdens in politics, as I described in the afterward to Reclaiming Hope. Reclaiming Hope is a, I think it's a book that he wrote um, about his time as a faith advisor. Mm. Um, yeah, I just I thought there was some some interesting interesting points there. Um, it does make me also think, although we haven't looked at it for this podcast at least, it makes me think a little bit about. Um, Oh, is it Joel? Who's who's the Australian theologian um, that I think of a little bit? I know he he wrote some interesting thoughts on on politics, and he sort of said like, faith and politics don't mix. It's like mixing ice cream with with a certain type of um, certain type of substance, and it just doesn't mix together. But anyway, yeah, that's that's maybe a bit of a side periphery thought. That's, yeah. Uh, that uh, yeah yeah anyway, but yeah. What what do you what do you think, Elise? How do you when you think about voting and as a Christian and as person of faith? What is that? Um, yeah, what are some of the things that come to mind for you? Yeah, I guess I guess for me, I just come back to that verse in Proverbs 31 that says to be a voice for the voiceless. Um, mm. You know, we are given 
we're given privilege in our countries that we live in, in the situations that we're in, where we have a voice and we get to make a stand for the things that are valuable and the things that are important to us. Um, and further down in this article, um, he goes on to say that our vote should be intended towards the greatest flourishing of our community. Our vote should be intended toward the good of our neighbours as best we can see it in consultation with scripture, Christian tradition, fellow Christians and our neighbours themselves. You know, this comes back to, I guess, our greater call as Christians to see um, to see the human life flourish and to see people who are enslaved be released from that, people who are living in um, unjust situations be, um, be freed. And so our role as a voter means that we get to choose, we, we get to add our voice to the narrative. Um, yeah. And I like to think of it the same way as how we spend our money. Every dollar that we spend is kind of like a vote towards the world that we want to see. How we're yeah. spending our money, how we're spending our time, how we're spending our votes all go towards something. So um, I think it's super important that we vote. I think it's super important that we engage with politics and with the decision makers, the people who are choosing the direction for our country, for our neighbourhood, for our world. Um, and we're the best advocates for God and God's kingdom that we can be. Yeah, I think I think that's a really really interesting point you just made, Elise. On you know when you're making that decision in the in the voting booth, that you're thinking about your brothers and sisters. You're not necessarily you know thinking about your own your own personal interests. And I suppose the, the classic one is you know people going to, going into the voting booth and making a decision based on you know taxation. So if you're a high income earner, you want to you might want um, your taxes to be lowered. So you vote for the the party that is telling you that they're going to lower your your income tax, but you know, as Christians, should we should we be going in there thinking about well, what what's the betterment of society option here? You know, what how do I how do I make a decision here um, for the betterment for the whole of society, and that includes you know my brothers and sisters and um, those in the most you know most margins of society. You know that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that's definitely that's definitely a really really good way of looking at it. Um, and for you know from personal personal experience, you know I think you know you know this about me that I've. You know, I'm involved with a political party back home in Ireland, and um, I think for me, I sort of, I really would encourage Christians to to get involved in, in politics if if it's what you're interested in, if if it's you know it's one of the desires that are on your heart to use that sort of cliched sort of Christian expression a little bit, um, because you know I think you know you know party politics is a little is a little bit like church churches in a sense that you know you never you'll never find a perfect one. Um, and you'll never find one that you maybe completely agree with a hundred percent. But you know you're better off getting involved, and, and when you're involved, you can use your voice to to advocate for different policy positions that you you maybe don't agree with, with within the party. And you know, but you really only get to do that once you're involved in in the uh, in the party itself, and you can raise your voice and and speak up for the marginalised even within within the political system. So yeah, definitely would really 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 encourage people to do that. Um, I get excited about the idea of seeing more Christians leading our nations and leading our world. Like, yeah. It, it would give, it, our prime minister is a Christian. Um, and despite, I may, despite the fact I may not agree with a lot of the decisions and policies that he has in place, um, I can see his authentic relationship with Jesus. And that does give me a bit of hope um, for our future. And I think about other Christian leaders across the world and those who are advocates for justice. And um, 
more of it, I say. Let's see more of it. And so I absolutely agree with what you've said, David, that if you're interested in politics or if you feel like God may be stirring you to go in that that direction, like absolutely do it. There are a ton of resources out there, a ton of groups out there. If you're in Australia, check out Tear Fund because we are looking for advocates. Um, There are people out there who want to get around you and support you and to journey with you through that. So, um, yeah. Maybe we'll add some links to the show notes this week um, that people can go and figure out how they can get involved a little bit more. Yeah, brilliant. Cool. So shall we shall we have a little bit of a chat about the the U.S. election, which is just around the corner now? Uh, What are we two three weeks away? And uh, well, I say two three weeks away. Hopefully, it's still two three weeks away when this podcast (laughs) goes out. Um, Give us give ourselves some. Never know. It might have already happened, and we might be talking past. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Guys, please make right decisions. Yeah, yeah. But I think particularly we we want to zone in on the sort of the climate side of and in the environmental side of, of the candidates' plans and, and their sort of ambitions in that area. And, uh, yeah, maybe to kick us off, Elise, Elise what, do you, what do you think of, of Joe Biden's clean energy and environment plan? It is like Christmas Day. That's exactly what it's like. <laughs> it's, very, it's very ambitious. Um, and some may say that it's very progressive. Um, but to see, you know, 100% clean energy and net zero emissions by 2050 would be awesome. China has just announced that they're going net zero by 2060. And so imagine if the world's two biggest emitters um, went to zero by 2060 combined. Like, that would just be insane. Maybe we'll just save the world. Um, But, you know, his stance on clean energy jobs um, and really everything that, that comes under that yeah. like um i can totally see this being a win 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 not just for the environment but for the economy and for um i guess the poverty that's within the states as well so um yeah what do you think yeah no totally yeah i think it's um i was i was really sort of pleasantly surprised when i looked at it because i sort of have just been you know blindly assuming that sort of both the democrats and republicans are a bit are a bit rubbish on on climate because you you know we just sort of look at the states and sort of I sort of I sort of write them off a little bit but yeah no I was I was really 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 presently surprised I thought I thought the framing of his plan is quite interesting so I, I watched a little campaign video where he where he was launching the plan and he really focused it on climate justice as as the sort of um, overarching theme of it which I think is just really really interesting. Um, Interestingly, he did focus in on his grandchildren. He was sort of like, you know, we need climate justice for for our grandchildren. Um, <laughs> would have been too harsh that Joe Joe Biden's grandchildren are probably like 50, 60 years old. No, I'm joking. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I thought that was an interesting framing because I, I, I don't know. I think maybe we would look at it a bit differently and say actually climate change is a very present issue for a lot of the people yeah. that we think about yeah. in the world today, you know, um, in, 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 in all across Africa and in Latin America and and in other places in the world, you know, you know, the climate is changing rapidly, and people's incomes are being are already being hit, and you know, we've, we're seeing climate migration now as well, um, as areas become more and more unstable uh, because of the change in climate. So yeah, I think it's, I, I I can see what he's doing in terms of appealing to an American audience. You know, obviously he's not trying to appeal to a global audience, but um, yeah, that was interesting framing some big numbers like one point seven trillion dollars to be invested. Uh, looking to create 10 million manufacturing jobs. So interesting, he's saying, you know, sort of the re the rejigging of the American economy um, to become climate resilient means creating lots of jobs in the sort of Rust Belt sort of area of the states, which is, 
which is pretty key, you know, in terms of taking on Trump in terms of that, that key battleground area. Um, yeah, one, one thing I sort of thought was interesting, though, from, a, a again, American framing, and maybe this is because, you know, as a European, you, you sort of watch it and you see the different the different context. But um, yeah, so he's talk, he does talk a bit about China and he talks about, you know, putting pressure on China to reduce their emissions at home uh, within China, but also taking them on in terms of them, you know, funding fossil fuel projects overseas, which is which is interesting because China um, is sort of, you know, funding various projects in Africa and e- even in Eastern Europe, actually, quite interestingly. Um, so there's a bit of a geopolitical play, I think, maybe going on there between China and, and Russia and, and the EU. And um, yeah, China have been funding some fossil fuel projects in, in, in some areas. So yeah, really, that was sort of curious that he still zones in on, you know, climate being a way of, of fighting sort of, you know, geopolitical, yeah. you know, power battles. But um, yeah, and that was that was interesting. And good, good to see as well, Kamala Harris, I think, supports the Green New Deal, which is which is a really sort of good, ambitious um program as well but uh yeah, yeah i think yeah i think we were we were chatting beforehand you were saying as well it's it's even more ambitious than bernie's 2016 plan so that's that's pretty interesting as well it is it is pretty interesting and it i mean it kind of has to be though like i was watching david attenborough's new documentary the other night and um it was a bit of a bit of a wake-up call for those of you who haven't seen it yet i highly recommend it um but it's exactly what we need we need a really ambitious we need a really progressive plan not just from america and not just from china but from australia and from the uk too like we need everyone to play their part in this and um if biden can lead the way with such a progressive plan then hopefully like maybe we'll see the rest of the world's leaders step up as well yeah Yeah, that was that was something i really picked up at at cop last year was that unless some of the big big countries and the big emitters unless they lead the way sort of you know sort of medium-sized and smaller countries don't necessarily play ball either so certainly having the u.s driving driving agenda it brings other countries with them so that'd be really key yeah yeah it would yeah so what do you think about trump's plan or lack yeah lack lack thereof yeah it's (laughs) it's interesting so the the republicans and and trump haven't really uh done too much so i think apparently there's a sort of bullet point sort of document outlining uh, Trump's uh, sort of priorities for a second term. And so there's nothing really on on a huge amount of climate, except that he talks about sort of a deregulation agenda for the for energy independence. So essentially, you know, what you get with Trump is obviously we know that they're out of the Paris Agreement. So we know that that sort of international leadership on climate won't won't, you know, change in the next four years if we if we get Trump. or if you vote for Trump, I guess, and he, and he wins. And uh, also, it, it sort of means that you, you're definitely getting a lot of um, investment into sort of U.S. fossil fuel development, you know, within within the U.S. itself. So um, obviously, you know, you talk, there's a lot of fracking that happens in the U.S., and that's kind of a big thing at the moment. But also then, you know, just sort of, yeah, a deregulation environment of it. So just making it easier for these companies to sort of turn a profit on 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 emitting and emitting um emitting carbon but uh yeah and then i think interestingly as well in the in the vice president debate you know mike pence was 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 i think they were talking about climate as well and uh he was still quite climate skeptic you know and you know and was definitely definitely very much a fossil fuel supporter in in, in his answers so yeah definitely it feels like in the sort of um 
sadly, the sort of partisan world that we get in politics, you know, at the moment, sort of, you know, in, in the sense that as good as Biden's plan is, it means that the opposite side is it's sort of the opposite with Trump. You know, you're sort of getting more yeah. more carbon emitting, yeah. more deregulation of, of fossil fuel companies. So, yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty poor. Yeah. What do you, what do you think yourself? What, what was what, what sort of sticks out to you? Well, I mean, it's not surprising. Yeah. Um, you know, in 2018, um, Donald Trump actually said that science doesn't know when in relation to climate change. Yeah. You know, he's a total total climate change denier. And so it's not at all surprising to see, you know, this approach and the deregulation of all these things. And um, I mean, it's obviously disappointing, but it's not surprising. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it, interestingly... I find it interesting as well with the the fires that broke out this year in in California, and they sort of break out, you know, a, lo- a lo- every every summer now. Trump sort of keeps blaming poor forest management rather than climate change, which is which is a which is a shame. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's that what's that debate been like in Australia since the fires? You know, back in January, have people talked a bit more about climate change, or has that been? Is it still sort of people still railing against it a bit? I think, to be completely honest with you, I think COVID has kind of shifted people's attention away from the bushfires. Um, you know, we've been there's been a lot of campaigns going on for clean energy because um, that will create more jobs and will help us meet our Paris Agreement. But in terms of talking about the bushfires, it's kind of just fallen off the agenda a little bit, which yeah. is quite disappointing. Um, I think, you know, the bushfires happening in California is starting to bring it back onto the agenda. Um, but I do think a lot of Australians and Australian politicians are probably caught up in the how the heck are we going to get our economy back on track after COVID yeah, yeah. Um, conversation instead, which which is frustrating because, you know, when COVID first happened, um, you know, we talked about the fact that this is going to push climate action back. You know, we're seeing lower carbon emissions than we have in years because people aren't travelling, but in terms of getting climate justice back on the agenda it's just going to continue to push it down so you know we're not going to see probably any action on climate here in australia anytime soon um because it's not a priority and you know we just had our budget um announcements and no huge commitments um towards you know climate justice which is which is really disappointing so um yeah I i don't really know what else we can do to kind of wake up our politicians and um say we need to act but we need to act. They need to listen. It's time for us to get our asses into gear, really. Yeah. 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 yeah that's a that's a that's a bit of a shame, but um, yeah. yeah. Hopefully things will change change soon enough. But yeah. So maybe just as we sort of come up to wrap up this uh, this episode. So yeah. What's what's the, what's the verdict, Elise? Who if who do you who would <laughs> let's, let, rather than say who do we think people should vote for. Um, who who would who would you vote for if you uh, if you were if you were a climate voter in the in the US who would, who would you vote for? Really tough decision. I think I'm going to have to do a lot of like prayerful consideration on this one. <laughs> no, I would I would I would probably be voting Biden. Yeah, yeah. Who would you be voting? I think I'm with you on that one. I think certainly if climate yeah. was my priority, or even if it, you know, a bit like what we talked about earlier in the episode. You know, I'm thinking about. Um, my brothers and sisters i'm thinking about the planet we yeah. want to live in i'm thinking about us as a global family i think I th- I'm, I'm sorry mr trump but i think biden biden has uh, the better plan on this one or at least he has a plan 
Um, yeah, so yeah. I think I'd be going with Biden as well. But uh, yeah, I, I do I do hope people you yeah. know Christians engage with these big ideas and during the election and and um, and uh, use their use their vote in the best way that they they feel they can. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Well, that's a wrap. We will leave some links in the show notes to um, some of the articles that we've talked about today, um, as well as some ways that you can get involved with your local um, your local government. Anything you want to add before we wrap up, David? See you. See you next time. That's that's about it. See you next time. <laughs> okay. Cool. All right. Bye, guys. Well, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Renew Our World podcast. To learn more about the Renew Our World campaign or to hear about some of the work that our partners are doing, make sure you jump on over to our website at renewourworld.net. And if you like what you heard today, make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss a podcast episode again.